Cinnabuds is brought to you by Associated Bank and Steinhoffel. Cinnabuds, Cinnabuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Hey, well, that's okay. us. This is Cinnabuds. I am uh, Justin Barney from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee. I'm, uh, ooh, you can figure this out. Give me a second. Christopher Pollard from, from Milwaukee Film. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely forgot who I was for a moment. <laughs> and today we are talking about good boys. Look what I found at school today. What is it? I have no idea. That's a tampon. Girls shove it up their buttholes to stop babies from coming out. An eighth grader told me that. I'm having a party tomorrow. You in? Yeah. Can Thor and Lucas come? They're so random. They're my best friends. We do everything together. There's so many girls at the party. Do you know what that means? Drama. No. Kissing. Good Boys is a lowbrow comedy. You bet. From the minds of... Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, who did uh, Superbad and whatnot. And can you give us a plot rundown? I mean, it's uh, the same plot as all of them. And Whoa! <laughs> no, no, no. Mr. Um, Spicy. It's Spicy Boys yes. out to play. <laughs> oh, no, here it goes. <laughs> uh, no, uh, it's uh, three young men who are around, what, what are they, like 13? Yeah, like 13. They're in sixth grade. Uh, they're in sixth grade, and it's a coming of age comedy with a you know edgy, a lot of f words, uh, and yeah. then uh, <laughs> I think essentially there's a kissing party that's going to happen, and they want in on that, and that's all the obstacles that come up, and it's also a bit about their friendship and how friend those friendships you have when you're that age you think are going to last forever and, and seldom do. Yeah, I think that's what it's about. I think mostly. So. Yeah, and it's about kissing and about kissing. puberty and learning things for the first time riding bikes. and riding bikes <laughs> yeah. and drones and oh yeah drones drugs. that's new drones and drugs drones and drugs um yeah so that's good boys uh you i feel like you kind of know what you're going what you're getting into you when pretty you much just see saw this it or yeah what, you pretty much just saw us it. saying it um okay polly what'd you think uh despite how spicy i just was um, actually, we didn't hate it. So did I. Really? I, got, I got out of the movie and I was like, wow, didn't hate it. Didn't hate it. Didn't hate I, it. I thought, mean, it, was, let me thought be, it was pretty good, well, actually. I'll be clear. I did not love it either. Like, I didn't think it was, I didn't think it did what it set out to do for the most part. But I gave it credit for doing some, uh, like, a, a bit of an interesting combination of being you know, uh, the edgy kind of, oh, we're going to have 12-year-olds cuss and talk about stuff that you're not comfortable listening to them talk about. But that uh, is what 12-year-olds do. Sure, yeah. Yeah. And then, But then also making it kind of adorable. It was kind of adorable. Yeah. And the friendships are really endearing. And, yeah. uh, like, they go through these things together and they handle them in ways that 12-year-olds would handle. And then it's not just schlocky and mean and... Uh, making fun of anything yeah. it's it's really there are parts that are innocent yeah and parts that are like really <clears throat> touching yeah and it was and just it some... was so much it had so much more depth than i imagined yeah and it genuinely again i <laughs> did we love good boys no i did not <laughs> is this yeah. our favorite movie it's of the year definitely no, it's not but i will say there were funny like the humor i had really high hopes at the beginning because it was I, there was a few shots right out of the gate that I thought, oh, that's really funny. Yeah. And then it kind of lost a little steam for me here and there, but there were moments of really, really funny stuff. Yes. Good Boys was pretty good. 
if you're going in for this kind of movie, if this is like the attitude that you yeah. want to, yeah, if this is what you want to see. This is what you're in the mood for. If this is what you're in the mood for, this is a good movie for that mood. Here's what I'll say. Here's what it seems like to me. Okay. We're both right in the middle, but you're kind of stretching towards better, and I'm in the middle stretching towards like, eh, it's not that great. All right. Good boys. We're going to be talking more about it in the long form podcast. And we're going to get into this scale, man. Yeah. Um, listen to the podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts. It is Cinebugs. Support for Cinebuds comes from your membership and Associated Bank, proud supporter of Milwaukee Film, offering support year-round through Milwaukee Film Checking. More about Associated Bank's commitment to Milwaukee Film at associatedbank.com slash mkefilm. Member FDIC. Support for Cinebuds comes from your membership and Steinhoffel's Furniture, fourth-generation family-owned furniture and mattress retailer serving southeastern Wisconsin since 1934. Steinhoffel's offers leather and upholstery, dining, and bedroom furniture, plus fireplaces and mattresses. Online shopping at steinhoffels.com. 88.9's new podcast series, Backspin, the search for Milwaukee's first hip-hop song is now available everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and at RadioMilwaukee.org slash Backspin. Stream all six episodes now. And we are back. Oh we're back, we're back, we're back. Um, back talking about good boys. <laughs> I wish the movie was called The Good Boys because the sentences just sound so strange. We're back talking about good boys. Good boys. You know, you when you floated this idea, you were like, uh, I think we should do good boys. And I was like, there is nothing in the theater right now. We yeah. talked about Give Me Liberty. We talked about The Farewell. We, we've talked. You know, there's a lot of good movies out there, but we've talked it, about a lot of them already. Yeah. yeah. So it was like for as far as blockbusters go or kind of bigger movies that are in the theater, it was like this or Angry Birds 2. Never. And I was like... I'd rather, like, burn, I guess, I'd rather burn well, I this radio we'll... station to the ground <laughs> than see Angry Birds 2. I actually heard that it wasn't that bad. I've, you know what? I've heard a lot of stuff that I don't believe. <laughs> and so I was like, fine, we'll do Good Boys. I think the last Seth Rogen movie that I saw was Sausage Party, and oh, yeah. I hated that movie. That I, movie I was just, it was offensive. It was mean-spirited. Sure. It was thoughtless. And Good Boys was not that. No. They, they put thought into it. Like I said, it's really interesting that they could. So it, I've heard, I read some reviews where it's like, once you get past the giggling part of like 12-year-olds saying the F word over and over again, sure. that it kind of loses its content. I totally get that because I did at some point when they kept cussing and cussing, and I love cussing. I've been on record. Yeah. I love cussing. Loves it. I like hearing it. I like occasionally indulging in it. But a lot of people do it very poorly. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the cursing in this movie that just lost steam for me. Sure. Like, it could be used really well and, and kind of peppered throughout. But at some point, I'm like, yeah, no, it's not. F that If that's the only joke here, that's not that great. You know, this movie hinged on the friendship of these three boys, Max, Lucas, and Thor. And I felt that the character Lucas is the yeah. one that really pulls this whole thing together. Yeah. Lucas is played by Keith L. Williams. He's kind of like, he's the tallest one, and he is also 
He loves rules. Yeah, he's like a he's a genuinely good boy. He's a genuinely good boy, and I think that I just really felt for him and his character, yeah, where like so the other two characters are they're doing these things that you shouldn't be doing as a sixth grader. Yeah, and like as sixth graders, they're trying to lie about them, or you know. Because they don't want to get in trouble. Sure. Because you're in sixth grade and you don't want to disappoint your parents. And so yeah. they're like trying all these elaborate ways to to lie or to get around what they're doing. And Lucas just tells the truth. Yeah, he's a nice contrast because he's just like, you guys, drugs are for fools. And Yes. Uh, he's just really, and he's funny. Like his, he's kind of dead, not deadpan as a character, but he just delivers things like you would as the, if you're that character, like. He's not really punching them, which makes it funnier, I think. Yeah. Yes, and I loved their innocence, uh, especially around drugs. There's, yeah. like, these two college so girls that, that have, uh, you know, that are trying to get Molly from them, and their attitude about drugs was like my attitude in sixth grade, where I was like, <laughs> these are scary. Why? Like, yeah. I have been told my whole life that drugs are terrifying and that you're you're an addict. Yeah, and there were saying, so many great yeah, jokes about these. They kept saying they're these, addicts. They cannot say they're addicts. Oh, they're they're addicts. like crackheads. Crack- they call, call them crackheads. Which I, I thought that that was, that was so funny. Yeah. Um. So this this movie did have a lot of bright spots. I mean, it, it also, you were like, you were saying that like I'm leaning towards, you know. Yeah, liking. Toward, towards liking more. And um, there were there have been movies this year that tried to that are like kind of doing the same thing that were much better. Booksmart. See Booksmart. Booksmart. Yeah. You know, if it's like if I mean, if this is like the kind of movie that you want to see, see, I mean, see this movie. But if you are looking for a coming of age story that has better characters, that is yeah. funnier, that um, yeah, I think just consistent. kind of like overall yeah. is better. Booksmart is a better movie by, you know, right, by a by mile. mile. Yeah. And honestly, we talked about this when we talked about Booksmart, is that it's easy to do, and I understand, to do this same plot for these teenage kind of high school, pre, pre-high school uh, coming-of-age films because we all have, we're not super complicated when we're kids. Right. We, we feel like we are, and we all kind of do the same handful five things that are really motivating us totally so i get why all these movies have the same kind of like drive and like oh here's your incentive kiss a girl or here's your incentive right get good you know your parents don't understand you um so i get why they do it uh but i do genuinely find it interesting to see the variations on it yeah this one um was just a little bit all over the place as far as the plot goes or, or but I appreciate them trying to make it more complicated. Yeah. And I do appreciate the the mix of the the darker humor and then the just the genuinely sweet uh characters and yeah. like the thing that happens. So in the end it is about um uh, like you said at, up top that these friends that you know when you're in sixth grade you think that these are going to be your best friends forever for all of time yeah. and that um your relationships change and you haven't experienced having different friends yet. Or like right. cycling through friends, and so you think that these people are going to be the people forever. And I think that that was a really uh, great message to show. Yeah, very sweet moment at the end. I thought it was actually really nice. I would like to point out Will Forte has a brief uh, part in this. He plays Jacob Tremblay's dad, and there's a moment at the beginning where he thinks he's walking in on his kid exploring himself for the first time. Uh, and his reaction. I was the loudest, for me, the loudest laugh of the movie. It he was, was really funny. It was so funny. That It was really like, 
when that scene started, I was like, wow, this movie is not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just immediately from, like, from scene one. This has a just this has a different tone. Yeah, and there's a sex doll in the movie that they don't understand what it is. They call it a CPR doll. Yeah. That was a really funny gag throughout because they're so, it, it also, it's funny and it highlights how they're still pretty innocent. Yeah. Chill, you know. And, I mean, it's like you kind of, like, see, you know, the culture of 2019 where, like, there is a kissing party and everyone is animate about getting consent. Not in a way that is making fun of, right. you know, getting consent from a person. In a way that is, um, that was honest. Yeah. That, that was, like, that this is a part of how we should be and how kids are thinking about, um, about yeah. interacting with each other sexually for the first time is like this must be a consensual act that's a great thing to see yeah i love that it's also i like to make this distinction especially when it comes to like comedies mm-hmm. um you and they did this great uh they did this really well in book smart as well yeah you can uh make jokes about a thing without making fun of that thing without saying this thing is stupid yeah. but you can still have have laughter around a sentiment without saying that thing is bad mm-hmm. So not all jokes in a movie are making fun of stuff, which is what they do really well for this, because uh, he just wants to kiss a girl and he asks if she consents or something. And just, it's a funny way, it, they set it up in a funny scenario, but in no way is that saying, oh no, that's a silly thing to do. Yeah. And they do that really well in Booksmart throughout, where they will make jokes about a little culture or a, a thing that's more appropriate now, but mm. it's, it's fun, it's funny, but it's not derisive. So I think that's an impressive uh, feat and, a, and an important one. Yeah. Um, good boys. <clears throat> On the one through six scale, I am a four out of six. <laughs> and I am a three out of six. Guys, one through six is where it's at. We're it complicated really is a nice people. Scale. I really like it. No one's ever perfectly centered in the middle. No. I really like this scale. I think I'm starting, I'm, I'm starting a, a whole trend right now. Um, but if you want to watch a better one, see it. You know, Booksmart was a six out of six. The soundtrack yeah. kicked ass. This soundtrack was nothing. It was yeah. like non-existent. They did a lot of 80s stuff again, which to them is like classic rock now. So, they, yeah. uh, but they, it's just kind of the same stuff. Yeah. I would say see Good Boys if you're in the mood for it. Yeah. Even if you're like- not in the mood for it, see Booksmart because you're wrong and you you are in the mood for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did want to say one more thing about Seth Rogen. Yeah. Coming in, um, did you watch Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee? Yes. Do you like that show? I love that show very much. Okay. Um, <laughs> this season, Jerry is very hell-bent on comedians are being persecuted for not being able to say whatever they want. And oh, yeah, He's yeah, kind yeah. of like raging against PC culture the entire time. He does He brings lot. it up with every comedian. It's just like, it's a bit that he's worn down, and I it, it, it gets a bit tired yeah. um, in this season in particular. The The... The person that handled it the best was Seth Rogen. Really? Despite it being the worst episode of the series. You know, like, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee is each episode, it's a really great episode is when someone is comfortable with Jerry. Yeah. And, you know, and you're comfortable enough to have a conversation that doesn't feel like the cameras are on you. Yeah. And Seth Rogen was not comfortable. No, He no. was the least comfortable the and whole he time. He was so, too, and he addressed funny, yeah. it. And he was, like, very outwardly nervous and he is doing a lot of nervous laughing yeah. and a lot of talking, and they address it. And it didn't make for, like, the best episode because he was just so aware of the cameras and aware of Jerry. Um, but when Jerry, you know, 
brings up his raging against PC culture, which he yeah. brings up with every single person, Seth Rogen handled it in the best way. Jerry is thinking, or his whole argument is that the comedian is being wronged. The comedian is yeah. being persecuted and not maybe what they're saying is insensitive and the, you know, the person that, you know, whatever you're saying against this, this yeah, person yeah, yeah. or whatever, that, um, that they should feel wrong. It's the comedian that is, you know, the one being hurt here. And Seth Rogen brought, you know, just kind of like very casually was like, you know, it's really about just being aware yeah. And being aware that there are these lines and that you shouldn't cross them because you're a, you know, a human that doesn't want to cross those lines and people, you want to be respectful of, of the lines that you should not cross and just seeing those things and then working around them and, uh, you know, being nice and respectful to everyone. And it really just kind of like undercut Jerry. Yeah. Jerry was like trying to rage against it and he didn't like directly confront him and was like, you're wrong, but he was just like... You're not wrong, but this is how you're not right. Yeah. And I was like, it was like one of the best moments of the entire season. It's really interesting. I love that show, and it's not because I love Jerry Seinfeld. It's because it's a really interesting conversations about comedy mm-hmm. that if from people who are legends or just starting out but still really doing real well. So it's fa- and they do talk about it a lot because it's interesting in comedy how that, that frontier specifically, like film and comedy, are is intended to push boundaries. And not even push boundaries, but to like creatively play with things that are happening today. So yeah. in in a of watered down way, I agree with Jerry Seinfeld, but not to his extreme. He is now in a situation where he's a wildly wealthy and super famous mm. and revered by these comedians. And I feel like that skewed his perspective to kind of an extreme degree. I will say, and I don't PC culture I think is important. Yeah. I I, I, I <laughs> yes. don't I don't I disagree agree. with that, though I think comedian's job is to play with it. Absolutely. And and say things freely. I think a lot of people don't understand. Uh, a comedian might make a joke that seems like, oh, that's such that's too much. But you I, I feel like every time I consider what the comedian's perspective really is. Yeah. Like then I understand like, oh, he's not saying that he believes this. He's pointing it out in a way or a creative way. So I think there's that's what he's talking about. But he's saying it with. With that response, he's irresponsibly talking about it. Yeah, as if, oh, no one can should ever question anything we say because it's all like he could. He doesn't speak about it in a nuanced way, which I he think he doesn't. has the capability to do. And exactly, which I don't it's know why like, he's it's not like doing. No it. one is telling Jerry that he can't make a joke, which is also he, weird because he is not the person who makes those jokes either. I know his stuff is so safe and clean. I know, but, but I under, it's just great like, that you champion this kind of thing, but. I feel like he could speak about it more clearly where it doesn't sound like he's just saying, everyone let us do what we want. Right. And it's like, I think he misses his own argument where it's like, it's not that a comedian can't say something. Yeah. It's that if you're going to say something, say it in a way that's funny. Yeah. You know, be funny about it. Sure. That's like, that's what he's all about. And it's like, he's kind of like caught up on this, like, you know, on uh, the freedom of speech of it yeah but he is losing his own track that everything is funny and it must be that everything should be funny so it's like yes you can say yeah whatever you want to as long as it's funny and there are things that aren't funny right and so don't say them and i think if you look at like that show i don't know where we're talking we're talking so much about this now but i I like it Uh, his show is set up in a way where like you can tell he is coming from a very inclusive 
uh, 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 environment. Like, he is friends with everyone in this industry. He's excited about young comics. He's championing old comics. Yeah. uh, And from all different walks of life. Mm -hmm. And the material he's into... You can see you you can see it. He's just not talking about it. He's talking about it in a grumpy old man way. Yeah. And he has the capability of talking about it in a way that would get through and understand be understandable. Yeah. And for some reason, he's not. I think he's it's just because he's genuinely. And they talk about it in the show that he's just kind of a he's he's he can be a dick. Yeah. And I kind of enjoy the show because he's a little bit of a dick. I, Doesn't I, make I me like that. him more. Yeah. It just makes me an interesting conversations. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So see that see that too, I guess. <laughs> um, good boys slash comedians of cars getting coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but if you love both, um, uh, this is Cinebuds. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, Cinebuds is edited by DJ Kenny Perez. We get handcrafted sonic inspiration from the License Lab. We our theme song is from Brett Newski. Newsk. Uh, I'm like, you're not coming in with these ad lists. I know, I, I kind of phased <laughs> our, out. Our, you're just thinking about comedians and cars. Uh, um, uh, we get support from Steinhaus Furniture and Associated Bank. Thank you, guys. We also get support from our members from 889 Radio. And also to you. And you can listen to us anywhere you listen to Cinebuds. I became like a, a British dancer. You're like, I got to make up for all yeah, the not saying Oh. Uh, all right. Bye. <laughs>